What's going on, everybody? I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. You're listening to the I Think I Know Basketball podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at I Think I Know underscore BB. Check us out on the Anchor FM app or whatever podcasts are streaming. Make sure you engage and join in on the conversation. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. And we think we know basketball. All right, so we're going to try something a little bit different this episode. You know, normally we kind of go around the league and we talk about everybody. You know, we talk about all the teams and and stuff like that. And we do kind of around the league related stuff. But you know what? You know, heading heading into the All-Star break, I wanted to take a look at, you know, have us dive deeply into one team and just, just oh, kind of talk about what what's going on with this one team. And there's one team in particular right now that oh, I just can't quite wrap my head around. And I know Marquise feels the same way. That would be our hometown Boston Celtics. I'm not, I, I don't feel the same way. It's not just me. I think the entire Celtics fan base feels the same way. Yeah. We got to figure this out. And that's why we got to talk about this. That's why we got to dedicate this whole episode to just pretty much talking about the Celtics. And how did we get here? Like, yeah, what is going on? We're gonna we're gonna hash this out. We're gonna have a little bit of come to Jesus time, you know, for for the for these Boston Celtics. You know what I mean? So so look, you know, the big headline here is Boston Celtics coming into the season, you know, after just having made an Eastern Conference Finals trip, one game away from dueling for an NBA title with the Los Angeles Lakers at one point were the top team in the Eastern Conference early on. Yeah. Now they are 500. They're barely 500. They were they were just, you know, on the verge of dropping two games under at, is, at one point. Oh, uh, man. It's hard, yeah, to, it's hard it's, to talk about. I know, man. But it's it's funny losing, because... They're losing a lot of games yeah. that they should be winning. And then there's some games that they win where it's like, okay, this is how you're supposed to do it. And then they'll just come out the next game and just break. I I, I don't know. It's it's very odd. And and you know what? I, I've got I got some numbers here that I want us to kind of dive into. Let's break um, that. Let's get into the numbers and the stats. And what what do we think is going on? So tell me, what are these numbers you got? First of all, this is something that I have had my eye on for quite a while in terms of just watching the Celtics offense operate. And sometimes, you know, it it, it, it looks like, you know, whatever system this is that, you know, Brad Stevens has cooked up that, you know, looks like, you know, some, some, you know, modern basketball kind of stuff. But, but you know what, more often than not, what it looks like to me, it just stuff just doesn't look easy. You know, I, no. honestly, like it, it just they, they make it look so hard, like stuff. This, the ball will stop moving. It'll end up in the hands of, you know, a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown. And you see him start dribbling around the perimeter and you're like, here we go. They're about to launch one. But I want to ask a, a broad question to start this out. OK, mm-hmm. you are diehard. Celtics, you know, every, every every time we do some predictions, it's always Celtics going to win the title. Wouldn't be surprised if you still thought the Celtics were going to win the title. I think know? we could turn it around. I think we could turn it around. All right. So with that in mind, what is your 
panic level with this team right now? Are you tripping or are you chilling? Um, I'm kind of tripping a little bit because I don't see what moves can be made. Mm. Like, I don't really, I mean, yeah. there's some players out there that they can go get, but there's certain players that I don't want to give up. And we don't, ha- I don't think we necessarily have the luxury of having all those picks that we had. I see. Yeah. Danny so, Ainge has really dropped the ball. Mm. So, so with that in mind, okay. Cause, cause you know, Danny Ainge at one point was saying like, Hey, look, the way that the roster is constructed, like he took, he took ownership. He's like, that's my fault. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like, like the fact that this team is not performing up to its standards like that is a roster construction problem that is my fault and he said maybe there needs to be a trade that happens here so what you're telling me is you don't necessarily know that there's a trade that fixes this i mean who do you think they're gonna have to give up to get a good to get a good play we need a big man right so who do we got to give up to get this big man so i'm thinking you know obviously you're not giving up either one of your all-stars that's a non-starter you know what i mean yeah so uh-huh. I think you're looking at giving up Kemba for sure. If a team will take him, that's another thing. That's a big point. Yeah. If a team will take him, you know, I, I highly doubt they're going to want to be giving up Marcus Smart at this point because no. I, I mean, he's we need Marcus Smart. I, and, and, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, right, you know, for all, all these years, I feel like people have kind of talked about Marcus Smart, like, oh, yeah, like he's the ultimate hustle guy and, and all that stuff. But but he's the team's He's their best playmaker. He's their top assist man. Like he has not played in how long now? He's he, he, he's the, the team's leader in assists at like just over six assists a game, you know, mm-hmm. and. I feel like you can see that absence when he's not playing. So okay. this is where they kind of miss Gordon Haywood too, because Gordon Haywood had a good flow. When he was on the court, the ball did move. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And I, and I and I thought I thought you were going to bring that up because I know we've talked on on here a couple of times about how much you respect you know Gordon Hayward's game and you know how he was so important to you know that second unit. He was a guy who yeah. who, who could make plays when Marcus yep. Smart was in the starting lineup or they could be on the yep. floor together and they would keep yep. the ball moving. But, you know, to, to your, to your question, right. You're definitely looking at giving up, you know, some draft capital and maybe like a Grant Williams or something like that, a young kind of versatile positionless player who can, you know, hit some corner threes and play defense and do all that stuff. You know, you might be looking to offload, you know, one of your bigs, probably like, you, I don't know, you might be sending Robert Williams, you know, if, if a team we is need like, to keep Robert Williams, we got to keep Robert Williams. And, and the thing is, though, he's probably he's your most tradable, probably big because don't nobody really want Tristan Thompson. No but, disrespect. No disrespect to Tristan Thompson. But why did we sign him? I think they signed him because they thought that that th- this is this is all they needed was a guy to just do some dirty work, pick up some rebounds and who didn't need the ball. See, I think I think that's part of it, is that he doesn't need the ball, and you have three dudes in your starting nine lineup who need the ball. Yeah, that's the thing. He doesn't need the ball, but we need a big man that may not need the ball, but when he gets the ball, he can do something with the ball. And Tristan Thompson is not that guy. You know Tristan what I'm saying? Tristan Thompson be looking so awkward. I think that that's, that's the part that Danny Ainge underestimated when he looks at this team. Like, JT... And JB 
the two Jays, they're, they're both nice. They're all-stars this year. But I don't think that they necessarily got that closer edge to them yet. So we need a, we need a, a real team effort at the end of these games. We can't just put the ball in Jason Tatum's hand and expect him to win the game for us. We can't just put the ball in Jalen Brown's game and expect him to win the game for us. We clearly can't do that with Kimba Walker. I don't know what's going on with Kimba, but he's been playing shaky. The playoffs last year, you know what I'm saying, I think really shook him up. I, I think so, some of it is probably health, you know, and, and whether or not his knees are, you know, perfectly healthy. I will say that, you know, he, he's been he's been shaky over the last, you know, basically like like since he, he's been playing more regularly. That said, I think that he's been better in in recent in, in recent weeks, like especially like over the last week or so. It's been a little I mean, bit more. Is, yeah, a little bit yeah, more yeah, consistent. yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, he's getting a little more consistent. Yeah, but, this is true. This is true. I don't. I, I don't want to take that away. That, from it, while that's true, though, I think that you know you've seen at points when Kemba doesn't have it going, it really seems to kind of just mess this whole operation up. You you know you you were talking about you know not having the closer edge and you can't necessarily count on Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, stuff like that to go win win you the game and stuff like that, which. Part of what I I want to ask a question around that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we so we were watching the game. You know, I imagine you watched the game against the Wizards, right? Which was like, wow, I really thought they were about to cough that up to, yeah, Brett, yeah, to Bradley yeah. Beal and the Wizards. And that would yeah, have been yeah. just horrible. Crazy. Like that would have been arguably crazy. the low, one of the low points in the season right there, especially record-wise. It probably would Wizards are turning around right now, though. I mean, they, they went on a little winning streak, but yeah, yeah, what you're saying is true. But would like to lose to the Wizards like like that. At that know, point, yeah. Give up like 45 to Bradley Beal and, and you know, yeah. whatever it was um, that, that they gave up. is you know, like 44, I believe, was his final point total. But but it's like to, to lose like that when, you know, you're clearly the better team. You coughed up a lead in the fourth. You had to get it back. Like, this is becoming this weird theme with them where it's just like they're... They they're, haven't been closing out games. Yeah, they're, they are struggling. And that's so, so frustrating, fam. It is frustrating. That is the most stress, frustrating part. It's like they may get up in the, you know, in the first half. They start to lose momentum in the third. They're chucking up threes. It's literally the same broken record every single game. Yeah, and, and you know what? In regards to the shots, let's let's get into this right now. It might be Brad Stevens' fault, man. I see a lot of people don't want to put the put the blame on him, but I don't know. It, it's interesting because I think they asked Jalen Brown about this when things were getting really bad, and they were just like, "Look, are you guys starting to tune Brad Stevens out?" And I think he said, "No, like we're still listening and and all that. You know, we're just kind of." Our focus wasn't there and stuff like that, which is not, you don't really want to hear that, you know, from, from guys, you don't want to hear that yeah. the focus isn't there, but okay. Been hitting at these numbers for a while. I was curious because I feel like I've been watching the Celtics play basketball like this for the last three years. It yeah. at least, you know, yeah. it, it, it's interesting because, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in their first year together, they went to an Eastern Conference Finals. If I if I remember that yep. correctly, they they went up against LeBron's Cavs in 2018, and they they you know took them to a Game Seven, and, yep, and yep. it was this whole thing where you're just like, oh yeah, they got next. They're going to be doing this for a while. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, even then, I felt like I saw this penchant for when things get rough, we're just going to start chucking now. 
I'm gonna pull up some stats for you for this year. Okay. 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 I, I decided to look up a bit, pull up threes because I, I feel like this is a common theme for them. And I noticed it a lot in the in the bubble is is how many threes these guys are taking, just pulling up off the dribble. Percentage of three-pointers taken on, on pull-up threes. You have the Portland Trail Blazers, just over 21%, you know, 21 and a half percent, you know, because that's Damian Lillard's shot is the pull-up three. Coming off a screen, you chuck one. Utah Jazz, you know, almost 18% they are shooting the most threes in the league. So this is not terribly surprising. Okay. Uh, even, even as well as they move the ball. The third team in the league, 14.7%, the Boston Celtics pulling okay. up on, on threes. And they're shooting 34% on that. So, you know. So 14% of the time. Almost 15%. They're, shoot, they're shooting 15% of their three-point attempts are pull-ups. So they're coming off a screen or something like that. And they're just, they're just sending it. You know what I mean? And, and that, that, and see, that's what I'm talking about. Like that right there is like the Kemba Walker special. You know what I mean? And they're, yeah. and they're making them, um, they're not really making them at a great clip. Like for example, Utah jazz are shooting this, this shot almost 18% of the time. They're making almost 40% of those attempts. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. The Celtics and, but the like Utah a, Jazz, but the Utah Jazz have Rudy Gobert, and he's a major presence down low. So I wonder how many of those shots are coming off of you know second chance points, or or like I think specifically you know on, on this account is probably like a Rudy Gobert screen or or something like that, right? They're coming off a screen and they're worried about like a lob to Gobert, so they so they sink while he runs to the rim, and then dude has a wide open look for three, you know, so yeah. they're hitting that at like thirty nine. Pick out threes. Yeah. And so and so they're they're hitting, you know, these pull-up threes at 39%. The Celtics are only making about 34%. So it's not really a great shot for them. But again, they're they're putting it up more than almost every other team in the league. And I I again I'm just kind of wondering why that is. Now, another one I'm interested in is contested shots. I'm talking like yeah, tight coverage. I'm interested in this. So so here as a team. When the when a shot is taken where the defender is two feet or less away from you, so like we're talking tight contested, yeah. The Boston Celtics on their field goals in total are taking the seventh most contested shots in the league. Like they're and they're not that far off the leader. Like you know, San Antonio is is up there with like 10, 10.5% of their shots are like tightly contested. Mm -hmm. And the Boston Celtics are at about 9%. So they're like up there with, with, you know, taking the most contested shots in the league and with their three point field goals that are tightly contested, they're, you know, fourth most in the league. They're, they're, they're right off the league lead in, in terms of, you know, tightly contested, you know, three pointers. So it's like, so what's I'm, their percentage of them making those. So, so at, interestingly enough, they're making about, 50% of, of the ones that they attempt where it's tightly contested. So, so they're making, That's a, they're making it at a solid clip, but you think about that, right? They're taking tons of really tough shots. And uh -huh. in some cases they're going in, but the big point that, that I, I think is, is, you know, kind of sticking with me here is nothing is easy for them. I mean, a, a big percentage of a lot of their shots are three pointers, fam. 
And and I think that it's never going to be easy for them if they don't have a, a down low presence. They need somebody down low that's going to they can have a, an effective. I mean, Daniel Tice is cool. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't hate Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice Robin Williams is cool, but they need somebody that's going to be more of a threat. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that's in that power forward center position that they can really trust. You yeah, know, and, and, and you know what? You know, what's even more interesting is that when you flip that script and now you're looking at wide open shots where the defender's at least six feet away from you, Boston Celtics are getting the fourth least wide open looks of any team in the league, where it's just they're, they are just not getting open, easy looks, which is fascinating to me, like why that's not the case. And again, you look at like the Utah Jazz, who are, you know, again, the best team in the league right now, they're, they're almost 28% of their, of their shots are wide open. And the Celtics are, can't even crack 20% of that. You look at teams that are, that are thriving offensively, you know, the ones that are, that, you know, tend to be up there are the ones that are making the really easy open looks and the Celtics just aren't doing it. And, and no, so they're not making anything, fam. And it's, and it's, and it's frustrating to see. And they, 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 it's like they make their shots at the beginning of the game, but they don't make them when it counts. Towards the end of the games, like things start going cold. And then, and then like maybe they'll they'll hit, you know, some desperation shots. I've noticed that, right? It's against the Mavs and then against the Wizards. Like all of a sudden, you know, they're they're hitting these shots to get themselves back in the game when it's when it's crunch time, you know, and and then all of a sudden Jason Tatum's taking the ball to the hole and taking over the game and all that stuff. Or Kemba Walker's hitting a couple of threes in a row. See, the thing is that. When you're not getting a lot of open shots, when ev- when most of the stuff that you're doing is, is tough, when it's contested, right? You're gonna go through those lulls, especially when the legs start getting tired, or the other team is just like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna you know tighten the screws a little bit on defense. We're gonna make it harder for you. It's like if you're not able to get those open looks, then you're gonna struggle. So from that standpoint, you mentioned that you think this might be a problem with Brad Stevens. And I want to pose this question. Listen, yep. Mm-hmm. Is this about Brad Stevens more or is it about Danny Ainge and his roster development? I'm curious. I think it's a combination of both. Danny Ainge is the reason why the roster is the way it is, right? So you have to blame Danny for that. Mm-hmm. But Brad doesn't necessarily make the changes that he needs to make at the times he needs to make them. I feel like he makes substitutions at the wrong time. Case in point about the players shooting too many threes. It's like, is Brad ever saying, look, fellas, enough with the threes? I don't even think he ever says that. I mean, I I, I'm, I feel like from that standpoint, he's probably like, look, this is their game. This is what they do. And when they're on, you know, this works, which is nice and all that, except for when it's not working. Like this team should not be 17 and 17. You know what I mean? No, they got two young NBA. They got two young stars. They're both young. You got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But again, like I was saying, I think that they're developing that killer instinct to be closers. You know what I'm saying? They may they may start to develop it at the end of this year. Maybe this is the the struggle they need to go to to develop that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this is what it, what it's going to take. But at the same time, they're just not there yet. And I know I was talking trash about Tristan Thompson, but he may be the right older guy for these two young players to help them mold and to, to, to become that. You know, he was playing with LeBron James and won a championship with Cleveland back then. This is like his first time playing with another team outside of Cleveland. Maybe he can add some like some type of 
mentor effect to these young players. But at the same time, Brad Stevens needs to make the right the right calls and the right substitutions at the right time. And I feel like he's not doing that. He's just putting it in their hands and kind of setting them free and just being like, go, go figure it out. And it's like, nah, fam, set these guys up and put them in a position to win. You know, it's interesting because I feel like we've seen LeBron James talk about this and, and uh, you know, other veterans, right? We talk about kind of the slog of the, the regular season and that there's an element sometimes of like, yeah, sometimes the coaches or like veterans will just kind of be like, you know what, kid, figure it out. And, and it will kind of get, you know, that way where they, they are just kind of like, look, man, like we got a lot of games here. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna baby you all the time. Like you're going to go through the struggles and we're just going to have to let you do it. But I, I just feel like watching this team, it's not, I feel like this isn't just like a doldrum where it's just like, they're just going through a period of time, you know, where things are tough. I feel like this is constant. Like this is, this is all the time where it feels like they're just not, they just don't have it easy offensively and it taxes them and it puts them in these positions they shouldn't be in. They should not be in a one possession game with the Washington wizards. They're, they're just, they're so much better than them. It just should not happen. You know what I mean? I mean, they're so much better than a lot of teams out there at the end of the day, they should have been in the NBA finals last year. So it's just kind of like, we're seeing that kind of come to fruition right now, just more of a long stretch in the regular season. And they got to figure it out. Fam. It's literally, this, they, this is just a longer, we're just seeing, like now that I'm thinking about it, we're literally just seeing what they was doing against like the heat in the finals. It's the same thing. And the, the thing is right. And with, with the heat is they ran into a team that was just playing better than them. You know, like like they, they like they in the end, right? The Celtics were the more talented team to me, but the Heat were just playing better. They were a more cohesive unit, and I feel like. But that's what you was just saying. Like it just looks hard for the Celtics, I and mean, like that was the beginning of it looking hard. I see. I, I feel like to an extent, right? Like like maybe that's the beginning of it, of it looking hard for this particular group, you know, though, though some faces have been kind of swapped out or you saw it on a, on a regular basis though. I feel like, again, we've seen hints of this for the past couple of years with that in mind, I want, I want to kind of pose one last question to you about those two big stars that the Celtics have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mentioned that they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, their first year together. They've been to two Eastern Conference Finals together, all told. You, you know, you, you get this feeling like, you know, they're going to be on this stage for a while, like as long as they're playing together. And they're both all-stars this year. As a matter of fact, Jason Tatum is now going to be subbed into the starting lineup for the Eastern Conference because of injuries. And then uh, Jalen Brown is obviously a reserve. So you got two all-stars on your team. But... Mm -hmm. So, so what's your question? I'm is, ready. Is this enough? Are they, are they enough as a one-two punch for a champion, for a championship team? I believe that they both can be enough for a one-two punch for a championship team. Yes. If the Clippers consider Paul George 
and Kawhi Leonard enough, then a prime Jason Tatum and prime Jalen Brown may be enough. You know what I'm saying? The funny thing is, though, though, like you you mentioned the you mentioned the Clippers, right? They were wrong. They were wrong, right? I mean, but that that they was wrong. But I believe that if you surround the JT and JB with the right supporting cast, absolutely yes. They need they need a point guard like Akimba. Right now, Kimba's just not being as consistent as we need him to be. They need a big man, fam. They need somebody that they can pick and roll with that's really going to affect the, 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 the trajectory of games. You know what I'm saying? On the offensive end. Tristan Thompson's just not doing it. And Daniel Tice can't create outside of, you know, catching pop at the elbow, you know, cutting to the hoop, getting some dunks. And maybe some three pointers every now and then, but we need we need a guy that's going to give us like twenty and ten every night. You know, you know, you know, it's a trip, right? And, well, those guys are so rare, you know, and, and it, it might. I don't know that they're going to find Andre that on Drummond. The you can take. I'll take Andre Drummond. I think if you got Andre Drummond, that that would affect the game. You know, it's interesting because like we've heard people talk trash about Andre Drummond and that he's empty calories, you know, and that he just puts up numbers, but he doesn't have an effect on the game. But he he's probably a prime candidate for for who the Celtics are probably going to go after because, I mean, he is Tristan Thompson, but better. Uh, I, I would I would say definitely. You know, what's interesting is, right, you mentioned Daniel Tice is, you know, dur- during that game against the Wizards the other night. And I'm literally just watching in the fourth quarter over and over again, Kemba and Tice in the pick and roll. They kept on trapping Kemba over and over again. And he just kept on dumping it off to Tice and no one was nearby. What do you hit like three, four jumpers in a row? If you know, felt like, like they just were not guarding this. And I'm just like, they're just okay with it. So, so that's the thing with Tice. It's like, and that's why I was saying earlier, it's like, I'm not, I don't have nothing against Tice. They're that's like literally go ahead, shoot that. If you make that's it, when I great. think it comes down to that's when I think it comes down to Brad Stevens. If you're seeing this, keep like you need to work this into your game plan for the games. I don't think teams are respecting Tice like that. They don't expect anything from him. So use that to your advantage. That's up to Brad Stevens. You know what I'm saying? He's not doing things like that right now. Like I said, I think he's just putting it in the hands of JT and JB. And and, and they're and they're taking it upon themselves. And and I think that they're good enough players to you know, take over games. But again, you're talking about doing that every single night. And I, I feel like that's the thing, right? Like you mentioned having a supporting cast. And I think it's, it's important to talk about that because I feel like so often we get in this mode where we think of a star is supposed to go out and literally dominate every single night. You know, 30 points every night, clutch jumpers every single night. And when in reality, that player has never existed. Like, I'm not even, like, not even, like, Jordan, Kobe, none of that. They didn't have to do that every single night. And when they did, they didn't win, right? LeBron. Like, we we saw Michael Jordan put up, like, 37 points a game or whatever back in, in like, 87, 88 or whatever it was. They didn't win a title? No. when, When you put that on one guy or even two guys every single night, that just is not a formula for success. It's not you know, a formula for success. Need, you need more than that. And, and that's the thing. Like people get on LeBron for, you know, not dominating every single night. And, and they'll just be like, yeah, hey, he's overrated or whatever. It's like, first of all, this man is 36. Second of all, like how many finals you got to go to 
before you realize this man has the right approach for getting through the regular season. Like, yeah, we're, we might lose some games or whatever, but these dudes need to make some shots and I'm going to make mean, them make shots. I'm going to make them play and I'm going to LeBron gonna James, chill. LeBron James does a good, a good job at putting his supporting cast in a position to help him win. Like he makes Iman Shumpert look good. He makes mm-hmm. J.R. Smith look good. How, like, how is that possible? I don't know, but he does it. But they're stepping up to the plate. They're stepping up to the plate and they're getting things done. On the Celtics, it's like, outside of JT and JB, you really don't have anybody else stepping up. I mean, Kimba too. I keep missing Kimba, but that's because I feel like Kimba's not doing what I need Kimba to do. But outside of JT and JB, you don't really have anybody that's stepping up to the plate. And nobody that you can really trust, actually. And that's what the, that's the thing with LeBron. He puts trust in his players and they deliver for him. There's nobody to really trust on the Celtics. Nobody's de- nobody can deliver. It's what are we going to do? That's why we got to make a trade. Yeah. You you know what's interesting is you know you mentioned a guy you needing a guy who's um, you know getting twenty ten a night. And it's like that. I don't I don't really know if that guy is out there unless it's like maybe an maybe an Andre Drummond or uh, yeah I, I think that that's probably the the closest guy that you know we're thinking about. Um, in, in terms of we got to trade, like we got to trade for Wiseman. Jay, yeah, James Wiseman. I'll tell you a guy who won't necessarily put up those kinds of numbers, but I feel like would be a solid fit for this team is a dude who plays for my hometown team. That's Thaddeus Young. Now I like Thaddeus. Thad Young is again he he, stretch the court. He he's he's not the kind of dude who is gonna light up you know, the, the box score in, tor- in terms of points or, or like rebounds or whatever, but, but he's, he's a solid player. He's a solid big who can, and the biggest thing that we've noticed is that he can play make this man can pass. This man can, you, you can put the ball in his hands and you can trust that some points might come out of this. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's the thing that is really lacking to me about this Celtics team, right? Is that, with no Marcus Smart, you've got Kemba Walker as your next best playmaker, and that's not really doing it for me. You know, that, and that's why I said they missed Gordon Hayward because Gordon Hayward was out there moving around. And and so I think that somebody like a Thaddeus Young, even if he's somebody not going to be that sheet stuffer, and, and 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 that's the thing. Like he'll he'll affect the game all around. He, he's he's a good defense. He comes up with a lot of steals. Like he, he's a steals wizard. So I feel like that's another thing. He adds, you know, value on the defensive end. Plus trading for somebody like Thaddeus Young isn't going to cost you that much. Now, I will say that it, it almost seems less likely that somebody like Thad Young might be available now because now it looks like the Bulls are in the thick of the Eastern Conference playoff race, right? Who figured that? Um, but, but I, I mean, mean we got the Celtics bumming it, things like that will happen. Yeah. And, and well, and you got Zach Levine being like, Hey, uh, I've been trying to be an all-star for a couple of years now and you've been messing around with me. So now here we go. And, and yeah, now, all, yeah. now this man is an all-star he's raised his game and Billy Donovan has made that team better. And that young to me has been a part of it where he's just been a stabilizing force. And I, I feel like the Celtics could really use a dude like that. Yeah, they could use a lot. It's like when you're talking it, about... It, it's almost... It, it's weird. It's weird talking about them, right? Because, like we said, they have a lot of talent on the team. So I really try not to blame them. I really try to point the blame at Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. 
those guys not putting the players or the team in a position to win, period. And you know what? That's fair. At the same time, somebody somebody might say like, well, they're not out there taking the shots. Then again, when you're taking as many shots that are you're just, again, just seem so damn difficult all the time. You know, Jason Tatum, you know, one-legged step backs all over the place. And, uh, you know, Jalen Brown having to bull his way to the rim or, you know, like, you know, Kemba Walker can't do anything else but shoot, pull up threes. It's like, I feel like at that point, you got to kind of wonder what's going on and some changes need to be made. And hopefully with the All-Star break coming up, they might have a chance to talk some of those things over. I feel like that's probably about good for this evening. Uh, we had a great time exercising the Celtics demons and uh, yeah. looking forward to maybe doing that with another team coming up after the all-star break that that could like be who a team like who what team do you think we need to do a special episode on next you know what we we gotta we gotta do a different one that we're not connected to and we're not doing the lakers no we are swearing off the lakers you know for for <laughs> extended looks because because i bet you five dollars that we can't go the whole next episode without mentioning lebron no, of course not, because again, he is literally the sun around which the NBA orbits, but we will try our best. So, you know what? We're going to keep this team a mystery. We're going to we're going to chat about it behind the scenes and come come bust it out for you next Monday. In the meantime, this is I think I know basketball. I'm your boy Kyrie. I'm your boy Case. Peace.